quite unusual. Welcome, welcome, little creepies, to the Quite Unusual podcast. We, as always, are your hosts. I am Noelle. And I am Nicole. And this week, we're going to get a little uh, crazy for cryptids. Love it. It's actually a good companion episode to one of our previously recorded episodes, our werewolf episode, which is one of my favorites. So if you haven't checked it out, you should go do so. That is a super good one. We're going to talk about a sort of a local cryptid. Yeah. Um, Very local, actually. It's pretty local. I'm, I like, I didn't map quest because I don't think it's a thing anymore. I Google mapped <laughs> it. Yeah. I asked Alexa and she told me that it's only about an hour away. Ooh. So that's very fun. So we should go for like a little road trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. We are hopping over the border of Wisconsin to Elkhorn to hang out with the Beast of Bray Road today. The Beast of Bray Road. And we also have a super special shout out yes. to our Instagram friend Sam. Yes, we usually do a champagne pop, but today we did mm-hmm. a beer crack? A beer crack. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we did a beer crack because we were sent some super cool beers from our friend Sam from Mountain Rambler Brewery. Yeah, shout out to Sam. He sent us the coolest fucking shit in the most unlegit way. Sam, you need <laughs> to work on your packing. I was so scared for you. But nothing exploded, so I think that's the maybe he knows main point. Here. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> He's the expert. He's the brewer, the master brewer. He sent us um, three different very cool beers. They're in giant, super giant cans. This one is called Hard Seltzer. The name is Skinwalker. It's so good. It's unreal. It's blackcurrant and raspberry, and it's too easy to drink, honestly. Yeah, it's it's not like one of those hard seltzers where it's just really sugary, even though there's no sugar in it, but it's just very flavorful. Mm-hmm. Like, I like my hard seltzers to be kind of like LaCroix, where the, the flavor is, like, there, but it's not overpowering. This seltzer is, like, perfect. It is insane it might be honestly my favorite alcoholic beverage i've ever had in my life yeah um do you guys ship to chicago because asking for a friend asking for the podcast asking for the podcast (laughs) we just got a mini fridge so stock it up baby yes also i will say um we did drink a little bit of whiskey from our sweet sweet friends over at alien and stuff (laughs) um we were just joking when we said the last episode was sponsored by them it was a joke, but then they sent us whiskey. So, so I mean, this episode kind of is sponsored <laughs> by them. <laughs> We're drinking a lot of things today. So, hashtag blessed on that front, I guess. Thank you so much to the sweet little baby British boys over yes. at Aliens and Stuff. And our sweet, sweet California dude, Sam, over at Mountain Rambler Brewery. Yeah, we love you guys. And thank you for getting us drunk. Thanks. I'm almost (laughs) drunk. So, yeah, thank you so much. If this episode is bad, it's your fault, I guess. (laughs) Okay, let's get started, shall we? We shall. Today, our story takes us to a little town near the Illinois-Wisconsin border called Elkhorn, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. which is only 
a little over an hour away from us. So if you're looking for the geography portion of this podcast, you have found it. Well, and we know that you are because that's why you listen to us, right? I mean, come on. That's why people listen to us. We're a geography podcast. We are a map. (laughs) I'm a map. (laughs) Elkhorn is a small town with a population of only around 10,000 people. The town was put on the map in the late 1800s due to a mineral-rich spring purported to hold mystical healing powers. Ooh. And if you're around the area, it's also very close to Lake Geneva or Lake Delavan, which are both huge tourist destinations, especially from for folks from Illinois like us. Yeah. It's basically like the Wisconsin Dells of Illinois, but it's in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And if you're right. from the area... That did make sense. Right, yeah. If you don't have enough money to go to Wisconsin Dells, you go to Lake Geneva. Yeah. Because it's cheaper. And closer. It's the Jersey Shore of the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? I don't know. Oh, someone's going to get mad at you for that. I know that. You know what? Come at me. Bring it on. Come on, baby. I'm ready to fight you. All right, well, more recently, Elkhorn has become the center of sightings for a cryptid commonly referred to as the Beast of Bray Road, which, by the way, Nicole, Mm -hmm. the entire time I was researching this, and I'm singing it in my head right now, (laughs) I could not stop singing. I'm going to sing. I'm so sorry. Please do. Just skip forward if you guys don't want to hear this. Just do it. I'll never be your Beast of Bray Road. (laughs) Like that Beast of Burden song? That's my favorite Rolling Stones song. I'm super sorry. I'm going to keep doing it. Please do. It's bad. It's fine. It's fun. Everyone's going to like it. I maybe. <laughs> Rolling Stones, if you're listening, which I know you're not, call me. <laughs> hey, Mick. Mick, if you're listening. Hit us up. Leave a slide into my DMs? I don't know. Does he? Do you think he knows what a DM is? Uh, I don't know. It's questionable. Well, whatever. Let's get back to Bray Road. Bray Road is a quiet rural road near the town, and it's just beyond Highway 12, and it's perpendicular to another highway. This is important. The four-mile-long road is saddled on either side by farms, and it was named originally for the Bray family farm, which was the largest farm on this road. Mm-hmm. The road was extremely sleepy and basically was just a long driveway for all the farmhouses that dotted the road until the highways were put in during the 1960s, and then the area became a little bit busier. Locals of the area say that if you hang around the road for too long, like if you pull over and you're looking for the beast, or if you drive up and down and just kind of be annoying, Mm -hmm. that you will absolutely be stopped by police, and they will pull you over and say, oh, what are you doing there, kid? (laughs) right i mean the area is very private it's all fifth generation farmers they all know each other so sadly you can't just stop on the road and search around because it's private land which yeah is super it's a super big bummer because we live so close and hear me out Mm -hmm. i know you hate camping i hate it but what if we camped to try to find the beast of bray road well here's the thing about me Mm -hmm. is that i hate camping But I'm extremely charismatic and can probably befriend a farmer very easily. Oh, totally. How hard can that be? Easily. I have so many pairs of overalls, it's not even funny. She's not joking. She actually does. I'm wearing some now. (laughs) And I wore some last time we recorded. Anyways, so I'm here for it. I'm going to go befriend a farmer, maybe an Amish farmer named Yoder. 
Oh, bringing him back. Shout out to Yoda. Bringing him back. I wonder how he is, by the way. He's having the time of his life in Mothman land. Beautiful, interdimensional Amish being. He's got a a Mothman wife. He's got a Mothwoman wife. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, he's got a moth babe hanging out on his Mm -hmm. hip. Oh, yeah. Yoda's living the dream. (laughs) So I will befriend a Yoder to let him let us camp on his land. Camp on his land. All right. Sounds like a deal. I'm here for it. What is now Bray Road was once an old Native American trail. It is believed that the trail connected a chain of lakes, which is ironically called the chain of lakes, to another lake, (laughs) and it was mostly used as a trade route. Wisconsin was once very full of Native American tribes, but the population has dwindled substantially over time. This is one of the reasons given for Wisconsin's extremely ripe paranormal activity you know the whole native american burial ground situation yeah well our listeners already know how we feel about that whole native american theory right i think just wisconsin as a whole is just super fucking haunted it's just a haunted state it's hella haunted i mean there's a lot of ufo sightings also which is probably because the air is so clear and you can actually see stars which you can't do around where we live no my family owns a farm in very northern Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and one time I saw a satellite in the sky. Yeah. And I thought it was a shooting star, which I've never, ever seen before what? in my life. Never oh, my gosh. It's like, whoa, daddy, look at that. Is that a shooting star? And he's like, no, you're just an idiot city slicker. That's a satellite. So it's true. You can see more than three stars there. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Maybe it was a UFO. It was probably a satellite. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe the whole Indian burial ground situation is true for Wisconsin because, I mean, it really was Native American territory. But at the same time, we think that it's just a really easy scapegoat. And we don't like to fall back on that theory too much. Just as a general rule. Yeah. So what is this beast that haunts Bray Road? You may find yourself asking. In its simplest interpretation, it is a large, fur-covered cryptid, standing between 7 feet and 8 feet tall on its hind legs, and then about 4 feet tall when it's all fours. Imagine if Bigfoot mm-hmm. and a werewolf had a baby. Ooh, hot. So cute. Hot. Oh my god. What? What? <laughs> Many of those that see the beast claim it to be the size of an Irish wolfhound, which I'm, have you seen one in person? I don't think in person, but I've definitely seen pictures and videos. Of they're one. amazing and majestic, and yes. they're so crazy tall. Yes. It's absolutely insane. Only a few sightings claim that it, this beast does have a tail, which would be unusual for a canine type cryptid, as we learned in our werewolf episode. So, like Nicole said before, Check it out if you haven't. Listen to our werewolf episode. Only if you want to have a good time. Eyewitness accounts of the beast began to surface around the late 1930s, and they continue to this day with major rash of sightings really bringing attention to the area in the 80s and the 90s, which Nicole will talk about in a little bit. When it was first widely reported, those that saw it called animal control because they thought that it was a giant loose dog or maybe a wolf. Naturally. The beast of Bray Road has also been described in many different ways by many different witnesses. 
Some say that it looks like a large bear with massive claws and a pointed face. Others say that it looks more like Bigfoot. More of a humanoid covered with hair with the gait of a human. Others still say that it's much closer to looking like a werewolf. Which, that's the description that I saw and I heard the most. That it's sort of a werewolf. Same. All accounts say that it has a pointed face like a wolf or a dog. And mostly remark on the similarities to that of a German shepherd with a long pointed nose and large pointed upright ears. It's usually described as having grayish brown fur all over its body, but some reports did say that it's all black or it's a mix of white, gray, and black. And one guy said it was all white, which I only saw Mm, once. Okay. An albino? Maybe that was like its winter look? Mm, Right. Okay. I don't know. Makes sense. It is able to walk on both its hind legs as well as all four legs like an animal. The beast has long legs that look like a dog, so they sort of bend backwards, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And it's capable of running at great speeds, even able to keep up with a car moving at highway speeds. One sighting claimed that the beast was running through a field at such a great speed that he wasn't able to clearly see it, aside from that it was just a black and gray blur that kind of ran across the street, but he knew it wasn't just a dog. It was a massive beast. Too big to be a dog. Too big for you. (laughs) The beast is described repeatedly as being highly intelligent, but I couldn't figure out why. I just saw multiple Mm. sources said it was highly intelligent. But they gave no reason? No, like it wasn't doing math problems on the side of the road. okay. Or... Algebra equations? (laughs) Yeah, like it couldn't count over 13. It was just... Oh, okay. I don't know. It was just... Maybe it was wearing glasses and people always think you're smarter when you wear glasses. Yeah, that's true. I'm wearing glasses right now. How do I look? You look extremely intelligent. Oh, stop it. (laughs) It's also estimated to weigh somewhere between 400 and 700 pounds and be quite muscular and also quite lean. Like, it's probably doing Pilates or Jazzercise, you know what I mean? It has a Jane Fonda physique. Nice. Like, it's getting in its yoga. Mm. Get that long and lean Right, got it. Got that image in my head. Okay, good. Right now. Good, because if we don't (laughs) over-sexualize cryptids, what is this show about? Exactly. What are, who are we if we don't do that? We're not us. We're not. If we ever talk about a cryptid, this is just for our listeners that really know us, Mm -hmm. if we ever talk about a cryptid and we don't make it in a weird, like, attraction sort of way, we are clones and call somebody about that, I guess. It's not us. It's not us. It's not. (laughs) It's just not. (laughs) The cryptid is most commonly seen while it's scavenging a meal off of roadkill or hunting small prey. The beast has also been spotted crouching Spider-Man style or even kneeling like sort of like a human would on its knees. Mm -hmm. One woman said that she saw the beast eating a deer carcass while holding it in both hands off of the ground, crouching on the side of the road. So to hold a full deer, it's got to be pretty strong. Well, it's all that jazzercise, I mean. Long and lean. Killer, it's triceps. Killer triceps. Insane triceps. Chiseled by the cryptid gods mm. themselves. Chiseled tries. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle it. Well, speaking of strong hands and... Is it hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> it's a little warm. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Speaking of hands, um, the beast is said to have long pointed fingers with claws at the end. And I was picturing like the Grinch's hands. Oh, yeah. But with claws instead of his little tufts of Grinch fur. Yeah, little fur. Very, very cute. The beast's eyes glow amber, or many reports say red, which can be seen even on the darkest nights. And I saw a picture of two very bright red eyes in the mm-hmm. middle of a field. Yeah. Which also did sort of just look like um, taillights, maybe. Or like normal animal eyes. Do animal eyes glow red? They can if you hit them at the right angle. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I guess so. Well, along with these sightings of the beast come a stinky sulfurous odor, much like we see with a lot of other cryptids. Yeah, I wonder what the deal is with that, though. Well, why is it always sulfur? I've always wondered. Doesn't sulfur smell like farts? Yeah. Maybe Rotten cri- eggs? Maybe cryptids have really bad gas. Oh. <laughs> maybe they're not... Whoa. You just okay. solved it. Maybe they're not solved from it. this dimension, right? Uh-huh. So they're not used to our cow dairy, like many of us <laughs> humans are not. Maybe right. they're lactose intolerant. All the GMOs. It's <laughs> the GMOs hit them wow. so hard in the guts. You solved it. It just makes them super farty. So you, that's why they smell like sulfur all the time. You've, you've just solved. You solved that. I think you got it. George Nori, <laughs> call me coast to coast. Call me. <laughs> All right, let's get into some sightings. Nicole's going to bring us through some history of sightings of the beast of... I'm going to sing it, okay? Do it. I'll never be your beast of Bray Road. Nicole, please tell us some sightings. Okay, well, our first sighting happened on Halloween night in 1991. I was born that year. Doris Gibson... (laughs) Reported. Just, just gonna ignore that. You're just gonna throw that in there. <laughs> All right. So on the same year that Noel was born, <laughs> thank you. Doris Gibson reported the first sighting of the creature that would soon be known as the Beast of Bray Road. Doris was a senior in high school and happened to be driving down Bray Road at the time. While she was driving, Doris felt a bump as if she had accidentally hit an animal and had just run it over with her car. Jesus Christ, Doris, chill out. Yeah, so Doris gets out of the car because she wanted to see what it was. She just murdered something in cold blood. Well, that's what she thought. But on purpose, she comes face to face with a big dog-like creature. And the creature then starts to run towards Doris. (gasps) And she's scared as shit, obviously. So she turns around and she books it for her car. And she said that she could hear the noise of the footsteps of the creature on the pavement running after her, which is terrifying. Yeah, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. So she gets in the car. She slams the door shut. The creature lunges towards the car. He scrapes the trunk with its claws. And she puts the pedal to the metal and she gets the hell out of there. Wow. Good move, Doris. After Doris's sighting, a teener... A teener? (laughs) A teener... After Doris's sighting, a teen from Milwaukee named Tom Brickda had his own encounter with the beast. Tom says that it was a Saturday night, either late July, early August, and he was coming home from a wedding reception. Sure. He was with two of his friends from Hanover Park, Illinois. Hey! Hey! Scott and Chris. Hey, Scott. Hey, Chris. (laughs) They're probably so old right now. I know, right? (laughs) Tom says that the night was very foggy, 
so much so that they couldn't see even two car lengths ahead of them. And then all of a sudden, as they're driving down the road, they start to smell a really foul odor. Tom describes it as kind of being like a skunky smell. Mm, Like farts. Like farts. Cryptid farts. Or weed, either or. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Tom says that he sees a hand sticking out from the side of the road. A hand? A hand. Well, a claw. Tom says that the hand was large, it was whitish, and it was gray, and it had black streaks in it. It was very hairy with sharp pointed fingernails. The hand reached out to the car and even scratched a small piece of pinstriping from the side of it. Oh, wow. And there's even a video in the documentary I watched. Um, it's called The Beast of Bray Road. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's free. It's very For fun. Free. Um, there's even a video of this car and the detail of the scratch on it. Yeah. So there's proof. Well, that something scratched his car, at least. Then we have Lori and Drushezzi. At the time, Lori was a, a young single mother who was a bar manager in town, so local. Lori was on her way home from work when she suddenly spotted something in a ditch on the side of the road. Wow. She says it was something kneeling down and it was crouched over almost as if it were eating something. Oh. oh. What she could only describe as roadkill. Gross. Yeah. She said it was absolutely not a dog, just based on how it was kneeling and crouched, but she didn't want to stick around to see, so she drove out of there as fast as she could. What if it was, what if it actually was Spider-Man? He's like rock bottom and he's eating roadkill <laughs> and he just has nothing to live for. You know, Uncle Ben just died. He's like, we will, we will, Uncle Ben, I'm Uncle so ben. sad. He's and the like, dark Spider-Man. What is that, Spider-Man 3 when, uh... Ben? Toby, no, when Toby Maguire gets like, in his little emo face. Okay, I'm just going to put this out there. Toby Maguire is my favorite Spider-Man. Go ahead, Those are at good. me. I will physically fight you if you disagree Those with me. Those are good ones. Toby Maguire is the best Spider-Man. You know he signed on for the newer one? I know he did. It's going to be epic. I really, I love, I love, I love some Toby. Yeah. He hasn't been in a lot. No, he was in Seabiscuit, and I'm a horse girl. Well, it's because so he's eating road. Like he's eating roadkill off <laughs> the side of the road. So, oh, it was actually just Toby Maguire. <laughs> change, change of plans. It wasn't Spider Man. It was just Toby Maguire. Well, Toby Maguire scared, <laughs> scared Lori so much, so that she just started to do her own research to try to figure out what the hell it was that she saw on the side of the road. If I saw what I thought was Toby Maguire <laughs> eating roadkill on the side of the road, I would also be so scared. I would do all of the research. I would, I would cry. I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> so Lori goes to the local library and she checks out every book that she can find on werewolves, wolves, paranormal things, just anything. Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire's autobiography. <laughs> anything she can find to try to figure out what it is that she saw. I keep hitting my mic with my hand, but I don't think it's doing anything. So Lori does all this research, and she's just at a complete loss for what this beast could be. So she decides that she's going to get in touch with animal control, like you mentioned previously. Yeah. So she gets in contact with a man named John Fredrickson. So she goes to John and she goes to his office and they start to have a little chat about the animal and what it could possibly be. Not too long into the conversation, there were books on a shelf behind John's desk 
And while they're talking about this beast, yeah. these books come flying off of the shelf for no reason at all. Yeah, they talk about this in the documentary. Yeah. It's very cool. So John says that there's absolutely no reason that those books should have fallen off like that. They're, they were It was on the wall. It was secure. So it's just kind of a weird thing that happens while they're speaking about this. Like a weird, out-of-nowhere paranormal force comes and just rips Tobey Maguire's autobiography (laughs) off of the shelf to sort of be like, I don't know, maybe like, this is the culprit. This is the answer that you're looking for. But they don't get the sign. They're they're not listening to it. They're not listening to the signs. On December 29th, 1991... Linda Godfrey, who we will talk a little bit about later, ran an article on the Beast in The Week, which is a Delavan newspaper. So once this article is released, there is a flurry of activity around the area. They get a whole slew of calls and letters coming in from people, all claiming to have seen similar types of creatures on their land. Some of these calls and letters were from people not even from the area or even remotely around Bray Road also. They just kind of received a lot of people calling from surrounding towns and even counties and some people not even living in the state of Wisconsin, which is kind of weird. Oh, that's kind of crazy. So it's just all these people seeing the same thing. Mm -hmm. In September of 1991, Scott Bray, a local farmer and whose family... Bray Road is actually named after. He witnesses what he says is or was an abnormally large dog or wolf in the field behind his house. He said it looked like a German shepherd, but taller with pointed ears, a tail, long gray and black hair, and a very sculpted muscular build. Oh, yeah. He also said it was wearing leg warmers, which I thought was kind of weird at first. But then when you mentioned Jane Fonda, it just like all makes sense now. It totally clicks, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Scott called up the police and he was like, "Uh, okay, so this is maybe going to sound a little weird here. But uh, you know Jane Fonda from those tapes that we definitely watched to to work out? And that's the only reason we watch those tapes for. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's either her or maybe her German Shepherd, but they're in the field behind my house, and I mean, their buns are looking tight. <laughs> I don't even understand what's going on with those triceps. Like, I do I do dips every day, and I'm not getting tries like that, so I don't know what's going on here. But maybe if you want to come out, or otherwise, you know, I'll just be in my house alone watching this for like the next 20, 30 minutes, so maybe <laughs> knock before you come in. But yeah, maybe you're going to want to check this one out. That was an exact verbatim that's, call. That's a transcript from the I call. Just, I just read the 911 call <laughs> from Scott Bray. So also around this time, another Elkhorn resident named Russell Guest spotted a similar looking creature walking near Bray Road, first on two legs and then dropping down to all fours. Russell Guest was just passing through. He wasn't a permanent resident. He was just a guest. He was just a guest. The creature turned and faced Russell and got into an aggressive stance, almost kind of like he was about to pounce into action. Mm, classic Toby. So Russell runs away as fast as he can, and he describes the creature to be about five feet tall when it was standing on its two legs. Okay. On January 8th, 1991. Mm. So this is all happening within the same year. Yeah, and I wasn't born yet, by the way. <laughs> Robert Bushman and his wife 
spotted a large black animal running on all fours, chasing a deer down the road. Whoa. The two were driving down Highway 43 near Delavan in broad daylight. All right. So they could get a clear look at this. Yes. They knew it wasn't a wolf just due to the sheer size of it, but they couldn't get a very good look at it because it was running. Remember, it was chasing the deer? Yeah. And it was just running too fast. So like you said before, it was kind of just like a blur of fur. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that where people say it's a large, blurry, black or gray mm-hmm. figure because it just moves so fast. Yeah. Your eye can't follow it. Right. As more and more sightings roll in, people start to claim that they have been seeing this creature for years and even decades earlier than 1991. We talk about this on a lot of our episodes when people do a sighting, whether it's UFO or it's mm-hmm. cryptid or something strange that happens. Right. And people don't come forward for a long time. And then finally someone does. Someone says it and then it brings everyone yeah out because you feel comfortable when other people have the same experience as you well you yeah. share it too that and also if somebody hears something then yeah. their mind is it, it goes both ways where it's uh-huh. if you've seen it you feel more comfortable saying it but it's also you could just potentially see a wolf and think it's what you see because you're seeing it in the newspaper it's this beast and you yeah. want to see it but that's true. That's very yeah. true. Like, was that a wolf or was it was a it? beast? Yeah, exactly. That yeah, that's a really, really good point. In Jefferson County, which is right next to Walworth County, which is where Elkhorn resides, Linda gets a call from a newspaper editor who claims that his dad saw the beast all the way back in 1936. Whoa! He said that his father was the night watchman for St. Coletta Institute, and St. Coletta Institute was a Catholic institution for adults with developmental disabilities and just like other special needs. Oh. On the grounds of this institution were preserved ancient burial mounds. Oh. Which, if you're thinking, this place just already kind of sounds haunted as fuck. It's haunted as fuck. Haunted as fuck. Haunted as fuck burial grounds. So this man's father, Mark Shackleman. Whoa, great name. His job was to walk around the grounds with a flashlight and basically just patrol, making sure no one's trying to break in, no one's trying to leave, you know, patrolman duties. Do you think he carried shackles with him? Shackles? Yeah, like handcuffs? Mark Shackleman? 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 I mean, it would be rude not to. I think he comes with them. Do you mind if I bring my own shackles? (laughs) (laughs) One night, as he was walking near the area that had been preserved for the mounds, he came across something very large sitting on one of the mounds. And as he got closer, he saw that it looked like it had the head of a dog, but had a muscular humanoid form. And this thing was digging at the top of one of the mounds. Wow. I wonder if it was digging like a dog digs with like its front feet. Yeah. I think it was like crouched over kind of digging. Yeah. Crazy. With his front. Mm-hmm. So the creature spots him. And he spooks him, and the creature runs off into the darkness. I would cry, and I would not investigate that. Yeah. The next night, Mark is just going about his nightly duties when he comes up to the same spot as the night before. And he spots the creature again at the same spot digging. Wow. He said that the creature stood up, it turned around, and it faced him and made a weird noise. And... Mark says that it kind of sounded like he had uttered the word Gadara. Now, in the New Testament, in the Bible... Yeah, talk talk Jesus to me, Nicole. Talking Jesus. 
Gadara is a place where Jesus is said to have exercised a man of his demons. Yes. This guy was just packed full of demons. Chalk full of demons. To the gills. And Jesus (laughs) snake handled them out of him. So in the story, Jesus (laughs) exercised the demons out of the man. And he exercises them into a a herd of swine. Piggies. It's animal abuse. Honestly. It, it, It is. It is. Honestly, that's animal abuse. Another important, just like a fun little tidbit to point out, is that one of the priests that worked at this institution had previously performed an exorcism on somebody who had lived within the parish. And he claimed that after he had exorcised this demon, that the demon had attached itself to him, and it was just kind of like also terrorizing this priest. Okay. Which I think is just a little interesting thing to mention he must not have had like any herd of swine near him right or like anything he could like exercise all these demons into (laughs) you know i have a right i have a question about exorcism Uh uh-huh i don't know if you know this but you're i'm not an exorcist but i will do my best you're the most religious person in the room (laughs) um to have a demon implanted into you Mm -hmm. do you, you don't need consent for that right they just do it um like a demon like if you get yeah i think to be possessed you have to be well they just do it no yeah you you don't say like get in here big guy get in here (laughs) yeah okay so the swine when jesus threw these little demon spirits at all these little pigs Mm -hmm. they were just like one day going oink 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 and then all of a sudden we're like (laughs) that's my possessed pig noise yeah um so yeah so like a demon can just enter a human or a pig i think it depends on the human i think you have to be a certain type of person in order to get possessed i don't think that everyone could just get possessed oh you should be swine like yeah is what you're saying no (laughs) i think it's like if you're open to it not close to it what's the other word for strong what's like the opposite of strong-willed wow weak-minded weak-minded there you go if you're weak-minded if you're uh just like sickly easily yeah i think that that's they pray they kind of prey on the weak okay okay so like come across all right learnings that makes sense i I knew you would know more than i would on this (laughs) okay all right that makes sense so either be weak-minded or be a pig and then demons can just like get all up in your business Mm -hmm. okay that makes sense so remember Lori. of course she's the woman who reported it to animal control and the books and all that yeah Well, through her research, she made an interesting connection. She believes that the Beast of Bray Road isn't a cryptid at all, but instead more of a demonic presence or possibly even Satan himself. It's true. Satan himself. Which, yes. Pause for a second here. Okay. I don't know if there's a Satan, but if there is... Uh I'm going to put money on the fact that I don't think he's hanging around roads in rural Wisconsin eating roadkill. I mean, on his free time, but that's just my opinion. No, if you're going to go to Wisconsin, you're going to eat the cheese curds. You're going to eat the cheese curds. You're not eating roadkill. Yeah. Their roadkill is probably worse than our roadkill. There's two reasons reasons why you go to Wisconsin. Yeah. To eat the cheese curds Uh and to drink spotted cow. Oh, It's a very delicious beer, and if you ever go to Wisconsin, everyone get an ice cold spotted cow it's so good that might be my all-time favorite beer yeah like we're drinking the seltzer right now and it's, it's top tippity top notch okay top 
number one seltzer right here coming from Mountain Rambler Brewery. Yes. Full on. But if you can go to Wisconsin, go to New Glarus Brewery. Yes. They have a cherry beer. It is It transcends my soul. Mm-hmm. It is unreal. So go to there. My mouth is watering. <laughs> COVID be damned. Right. So after this realization and Lori's like, it's not a cryptid, it's Satan. That's a natural jump right there. Right. Rumors start to spread of a satanic cult practicing in the forest in Walworth County. And remember, this is the early 90s during satanic panic. Satanic panic. So if people couldn't explain something, they basically just blamed Satan. And that was that. We, number one, we should do an episode on satanic panic because it's ridiculous. And I almost feel like that should be a board game. Satanic panic. Yeah. <laughs> number two. Why is it that a fallback for everything is just that it's Satan himself? Because Satan's the bad guy in the Bible and people need somebody to blame. If there is a Satan, let's just play this game right now for just one mm-hmm. second and then I'll I'll hop off this little bandwagon. If Satan is a person that exists, in, an entity that exists in real life, and God mm-hmm. is a person, entity that exists in real right. life, but God can't answer every prayer because he's like super fucking busy being God or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck is Satan hanging out in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, just over the border of Illinois? Those Kurds, man. When he could go anywhere else, he just has nothing to do. Like, if God can't answer every prayer, Satan can answer every need for devil worship, I guess. Like, he's just full open schedule. Right. I don't know. It kind of seems like Satan is more responsive than God in this this scenario. He always texts back. Every time I text him, he's like, hey, girl, got you. Or sometimes he'll text me back and be like, hey, I'm super busy right now. Gonna get back to you later. And then he always does. So one point for Satan. God leaves you hanging. And then in three weeks, he's like, oh, sorry, LOL. I fell asleep. God, when God leaves you hanging, <laughs> in walks Satan. There it is. There's my new slogan, my new tramp stamp. It's coming in hot. The animal control officer. Oh, right. That's John Fredrickson. Yes, back to the story. So he had been called to the scene of multiple animal mutilations during the 80s and the 90s. Once where even there were multiple mutilated bodies that had been discovered in the same area. He says that the police did not investigate it as a satanic ritual or having anything to do with that matter because they just said it was a boneyard for local livestock, which makes sense because it's rural Wisconsin. Right, there's bound to be a boneyard or two. Right. Fredrickson argued with the police on this matter because he had found that the carcasses had their organs removed, but the police disagreed and they just bulldozed the location before anyone could do any further investigation. That's very strange, though. Instead of just saying ignore it, it's not a thing, it's not even a lead, they full-on bulldozed the area. Well, I don't know why they did. Nobody knows why, you know. Yeah, maybe they were just, like, churning the bones up, like, (laughs) is a thing you have to do, maybe, when you have a boneyard? I mean, who knows? I don't have a boneyard. Do you have a boneyard? Call Morgan Freeman. (laughs) We need some tips on bone collecting. In the early 1990s, John Fredrickson received what he says is an anonymous phone call from a woman who claimed that she was aware of satanic cult gatherings in the area. This next part I'm going to tell you, take with a grain of salt, because this is one man's account of what he says happened 
and I'm not sure I fully believe it. So I just want to get that clear before we go into it. So John Fredrickson, the animal control officer, says that a man who was higher... Scare quotes. Yes. In the law enforcement department, one day just showed up out of nowhere and just came to his office and filled him in on satanic activity happening all around Wisconsin at the time. And he apparently says that Walworth County had one of the biggest satanic presences. Um, He doesn't say what this man's name is. He doesn't give any other details. He just says that it happened. So... Could this beast be summoned by an occult practice? Possibly? I don't know. Possibly. And this unnamed higher-up officer (laughs) came and told me exactly that. So that's 100% what I'm going to believe. Who knows? Are you opening a beer? We're drinking whiskey right now. No, I'm opening a water. In a can? Yeah. What does it say on the side of that? Liquid death? Yeah, it says liquid death. Okay, she's drinking a tall boy of water with (laughs) liquid death written in, I will have to say, metal-ass writing on the side of it. Can I have one of those? Sure. I know you're a sparkling water guy. Do you want sparkling or do you want flat? Give me sparkling. Okay, here you go. Oh, shit. That's good. Where did you get this? You can get it from Whole Foods. Like, any Whole Foods. But you can also get it from their website, liquiddeath.com. And honestly, I am obsessed with this stuff. You know how I'm always super dehydrated because I just cannot bring myself to drink bottled water? I have been drinking these all freaking day long. Well, plastic bottles are actually terrible for the environment. It says on the can that they donate to bring death to plastic. How cool is that? And help end plastic pollution that's super dope it is so dope i cannot stop talking about this company their cans are made of recycled aluminum which obviously i love and they donate to fight plastic pollution saving mama earth and also these cans just look so freaking cool so cool and listen to what this can actually says (laughs) once cracked no thirst is safe from the liquid death After ritually dismembering its thirst victims, this brutal can of water used the severed body parts of dead thirsts to build itself a flesh suit. Which it then used as a disguise to get a job in marketing, but Liquid Death never took the job. It just murdered a bunch more thirsts instead. Well, I don't know about you, but... Murder makes me super thirsty. So thirsty? And this stuff is seriously delicious. All right, well, I will help you bury the body. I mean, that's what friends are for, right? Yep. I feel like this water is super on brand for us. Liquid Death's actual slogan is murder your thirst. Murder your thirst with some liquid death. Should we get back to the story now? Sure, now that my thirst has been murdered by this crisp can of liquid death. I think we should talk about what this thing possibly could be, since you did just sort of lead into that. Yeah, let's do it. At the beginning of the show, I mentioned that some of the first sightings of the beast were to this animal control guy, Mm -hmm. who has a higher up that will remain nameless, I guess. Super hates Satan. (laughs) Just... Not a fan, honestly. (laughs) Just not a fan. So these people thought that it could be a large lost dog or a wolf or they didn't know, but they reported it to animal control because that seemed right. 
So the first obvious way to explain this beast away as just a normal thing is to merely say that it is an animal of some sort. The most probable answer, if you want to put your little skeptic's hat on, you're like, eh, just put this hat on, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. there it is. All hats make that noise when you put them on. Yes. So if you want to put your skeptic's hat on and choose to not believe in the paranormal, which why would you, but whatever, would be to say that this is in fact a large wolf or perhaps someone's German shepherd who had gotten loose and wandered around. Mm. Wolves and German shepherds are, they're big. They're not Mm. seven feet tall. They're not. I have a German shepherd. Her name is Akiva and she's a beautiful baby princess and I love her so much. But she weighs over 100 pounds. And she's probably a bit less than three feet tall, standing, you know, on the ground. On all fours, yeah. But when she does put her little feetsies on my shoulders, she's about as tall as me. Right. But she doesn't naturally comfortably walk that way. No, I could never get her to. And I have tried. (laughs) So this could be an illusion in the dark or possibly fear getting the best of these people. Mm -hmm. You know, they see a wolf. It's super scary. Wolves aren't very common in the area at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. They've been reintroduced as of now, as of 2020. But I did learn, fun and sad fact, that they are reopening wolf hunting season next year. What? In Wisconsin? Yeah. Why? I don't know, because everything's terrible. I think Trump did it. Honestly, I think he opened it back up. Yeah, for sure. Um, But not to get political. Some say that it could be a hybrid between a wolf and a dog. Or a hybrid between a coyote and a dog, or possibly a coyote and a wolf, which would account for a strange and almost recognizable look. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen like a coyote mixed with a dog. They're very cute. They don't mm-hmm. look like a dog. They look super weird. Like a wolf or a coyote? Like a, like a weird little long-faced animal, mm. almost. Okay. So I could see that possibly being a thing. It's also been suggested that the beasts of Bray Road could be a bear with mange. Black bears are very, very common. So black bears are all over the place here. They are small and they are little chonky beasts. Like they got a little booty going on. Chonky. Yeah, chonky. Mange does make an animal lose a lot of hair. And Mm -hmm. I looked up pictures of the black bears with this affliction. It still looks like a bear to me. Mm -hmm. But maybe if the light was dark and you were in sort of a spooky mood... I could see maybe a werewolf seeing it. It's terribly sad, by the way. So if you are an overly emotional person about animals like we are, do not look up photos of black bears of mange. It's super sad. Going along with this theory, black bears do have the ability to run on their back legs, which is adorable. Mm. And also, obviously, they run on all fours and they're super, super fast. They can squat down like a creature like Tobey Maguire. <laughs> and I I don't know. I guess that's like a viable explanation for it. Uh, do you think so? Well, look at this photo of a black bear with mange. What do you think? Okay, yeah, that is really sad. Um, Sorry, I made you look at that. Yeah. No, I'm just really sad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't think that it's what everyone's describing, though. No, I... It's not muscular... No, no, they look like weird. This is going to be the saddest description I've ever made in my life. Yeah. They look like weird bags of flesh. That I was going to say their their flesh is just kind of hanging on them, which is It's I'm so sorry I made you look at bad. that. I do understand how a person could think maybe that was a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. 
but I don't think it's fitting with our sightings that we've seen. No, and and if you live in Wisconsin, you've seen black bears all the time. Yeah, I don't even live in Wisconsin, and I've seen black bears all the time. So you, you have <laughs> well because we have a farm there, so oh, like yeah, we yeah, see yeah. them in the right, woods. Right. Um, but they look like a bear. It doesn't look like a dog. It doesn't look like a wolf. Right. It's a bear. You know, it's a bear. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just throw that one out the window. Yeah. yeah. A bit of an outlandish theory, in my opinion, is that this is a Wahila, or also called an Amarok, or I guess a dire wolf. Oh, you should have just said dire wolf at first. I would have been wanted, like, oh yeah, Game of Thrones, got it. I wanted to sound super cool. <laughs> you know, just some sort of prehistoric canine left over to kind of roam the woods and scare mm-hmm. farmers. Yeah. Which, I have a question for you. Why is this seen as an explanation for what this could be? Like a prehistoric animal somehow makes total sense, but a cryptid is completely out of the question. I think a lot of times they kind of go hand in hand. Like a cryptid could possibly be a prehistoric animal. That See, that makes sense. But there's a lot of cryptids where people are like, oh, it was probably just a dire wolf. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because everyone's watching too much Game of Thrones. Maybe. But those went extinct like a bajillion years ago yeah. or something. I'm not an archaeologist. Don't at me on that one. We're going to get a nasty review for that one. For our archaeologists. <laughs> this is an archaeologist podcast now. No! I hope not. But anyways, I just think that that's ridiculous. But a lot of people do say that that could be some sort of possibility. Mm. In the documentary we watched, The Beasts of Bray Road, which, again, is on Amazon Prime, so please watch it. Mm -hmm. Very fun. One expert had a theory that I love so much, more Mm. than any theory I've ever loved as far as cryptid explanations go. Oh. She suggested that it was an evolution of a wolf. In fact, she suggested that it was a whole pack of this evolution living in the woods of the Midwest of America. Mm-hmm. She theorized that a wolf could have been born with a genetic mutation for larger paws and a spinal deformity leading to it being able to walk in a more upright manner than we're usually accustomed to seeing from dogs and canines. Mm-hmm. And these deformities were advantageous as the animal was able to see farther due to its height and then run faster because it had these large paws. So the animal in general was just better at hunting and therefore better at breeding. Oh, but it's a mutation though. Well, the animal that's mutated then bred and its mutated genes were passed on over and over until we have this upright version of a wolf. Interesting. So she theorized that an evolution formed over, I guess, hundreds or thousands of years, leading to a creature that we think of as a werewolf, but truly it's just a mutated wolf, genetically speaking. That's like the scientific, that's a good scientific route to take. I think it's just a super clever idea. Yeah. And I I love, love, love how theoretically this could have happened. I know it's super far-fetched, but it seems very cool to me. Like, we were once monkeys. And now we're people. And now <laughs> we peepo. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, Why I, not? I guess. It's definitely not a fucking dire wolf, okay? I, I would, yeah. I, I'm leaning more towards this theory than the dire wolf theory. I just think that that's super cool, that there's yeah. all these mutated wolves running around, but it's mm-hmm. not actually a mutated wolf anymore. It's just a type of species that we haven't classified yet. Yeah. Super fun. In Wisconsin, for some reason. (laughs) Very fun. 
And the Native Americans in the area also believe that a cryptid came from the spirit world, that this specific cryptid did. Mm -hmm. And it had long existed in these parts before human beings did. Mm -hmm. Which reminds me of the stories of the Skinwalker and the Wendigo. Yes. The humanoid shapeshifter, if you will, that exists in legend or, I guess, in reality, depending on what you believe. Mm -hmm. I want to believe. I do believe. There's another cryptid by the name of the Michigan Dog Man, which is a fucking tragic-ass name, (laughs) who, depending on who you talk to, either looks like half man, half dog, or basically it's just another werewolf. Yeah. And people say this is also to blame for the Beast of Bray Road sighting. So, no, 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 that's not the Beast of Bray Road. That's simply the mis- the Michigan Dogman. The Dogman of Bray Road. The Dogman of Bray Road. I guess you could tell the difference if you throw a ball and if it fetches. Probably Dogman. Mm. Don't you think? You tell it to sit and it obeys. Toby. <laughs> Definitely Toby. <laughs> throw a ball and it gets it. Dogman. Tell it to sit and obey. Toby. Yeah. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Classic, <laughs> Toby. Classic Toby. Classic Toby. This could very well be the same beast or possibly a beast in the same family as this creature. Because now I'm totally hooked into this whole, there's a, like a web of cryptids yeah. that are the same cryptid yeah, it is. situation. But they're all called something different, but they're <laughs> essentially just the same thing. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. There was a rash of sightings of this Michigan dog man that popped up in 1987. Oh, well, similar to when Mr. Beast of Bray Road came around. That's right. And this one was also spurred by a very popular song, much like much like the Rolling Stones song, The Beast of Bray Road. <laughs> yeah. The song was called The Legend, and it was about specifically the Michigan Dogman. Who sang the song? His name is Steve Cook. I didn't listen to it, uh, but I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. Yes. It's probably very good. I don't know. It probably isn't, but... I hope there's a synthesizer. 1987, (laughs) definitely at least one. So this guy that wrote this amazing song with all the synthesizers, (laughs) Steve Cook, received dozens of reports, which included photographs and supposed film evidence of this creature. Oh, okay. I wasn't able to see any of these scare quotes, verified photos online. Was it just like a a blob of something? And they were like, look, it's the dog man. Yeah, for sure. Because it was 1987. So, you know, photography was top notch back then. (laughs) Um, So he he was inspired and he wrote a song about it. And then all of a sudden people were seeing it all over the place because it was in the forefront of their minds. Yeah. The same goes with the Wisconsin Bigfoot that locals call the bluff monster or just Eddie. For some reason. (laughs) Bigfoot's name is Eddie. Yeah, his name is just Ed. He hangs out at the bar. You know how it goes. This is literally just a Bigfoot sighting. And it happens all over Wisconsin and also parts of Michigan. Yep. So people say that this could also be the Beast of Bray Road. Which, again, these aren't really explanations to me. If anything, it just gives more backing, if you will, to the theory that the Beast of Bray Road actually exists. And it's being mistaken for a lot of other cryptids. Yeah. So people are trying to use one cryptid to explain away another cryptid. And I don't really understand that whole theory here. Yeah. Like, just let a cryptid be a cryptid, man. Let him live his life. Let him Just let him vibe on Bray Road if he wants. In the documentary that we watched, they gave a lot of credence to that theory that it's literally the devil, which <laughs> Nicole already went over in full detail. 
And again, I don't really speak Jesus, so I I don't know. I just think that that's absolutely ridiculous to me. So again, this first sighting was in a cemetery, and this beast was hanging out on top of a burial mound, and then all of a sudden it said Gadara, which again is a city of the man who was inhabited by demons. So supposedly, since this beast said this word, it must be a demon. Yeah, but did he actually say that word, or did he just like grunt and the man thought he said Gadara? Because that's, I mean, we don't know. That makes more sense, because why would it just say the word Gadara? <laughs> unless it was a demon trying to use its Alexa to figure out a way home from Elkhorn, Wisconsin? Like, back to its apartment. <laughs> right. Otherwise, why would it say it out loud? Unless it was just like, Alexa, how do I get to Gadara? <laughs> All right, the last explanation I will talk about to possibly definitely not solve this situation. <laughs> Isn't Is it, that how they always are, though? A hundred percent. So there's a show called Legend Hunter, which I couldn't find the full episode yeah, online I know, for free, neither. and I wasn't going to pay for it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. Just, I wasn't going to. <laughs> Doesn't seem that great. But we found an article, and basically this guy from Legend Hunter thinks that it could possibly be a chupacabra. But nobody knows what the fuck a chupacabra is either, though. No, and also a chupacabra (laughs) doesn't look anything like a werewolf, basically. You're mansplaining a cryptid, saying that it's another cryptid, which we also don't know what that cryptid is. I'm pulling my hair out right now. I do not understand this whole... Well, it's not the Beast of Bray Road. It's a chupacabra. Or... Just whatever. It's some other type of cryptid. Great, thanks. We also don't know what that is. (laughs) Right. It's unhelpful. So unless you have some proof of something, I'm sorry. I'm not interested in hearing your nonsense. Yeah. So I guess those are my (laughs) non-explanations for what this could possibly be. Well, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the one woman who has done the most research on this topic. Yeah, that's a great idea. And that would be Linda Godfrey. She's she's like the guru. She is the person who came up with the name The Beast of Bray Road. She's also the author of the book The Beast of Bray Road. Although she has never seen The Beast herself, which is a little bit of a shame. No, but she does sing the song. I'll never be... <laughs> sing it with me. I can't. Come on. I don't sing. Ready? One, two, three. I'll never be... You beast of brain. Come on, Nicole. I can't do it. I can't do it. All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. I actually one time watched a lecture by Linda Godfrey. A lecture? Lecture. Um, it was a paranormal paraphenomenonicon. Mm. I don't know how to say the word. It was basically a paranormal online um, type of con. And she was one of the presenters. And she talked all about the Beast of Bray Road and her book. She's a super cool lady. So I just kind of want to mention her because she's sort of like a cryptid goddess. Oh, for sure. She's written several books on many cryptids, such as Bigfoot and Wolfman. She's covered many of Wisconsin's cryptids. She's a local, so hey. Hey. Uh, She's covered forest elves to Lake Winnebago's own Nessie-like creature that is said to inhabit the lake. So she knows her shit. Pretty much every lake in North America is said to have some sort of Nessie-like creature in right. it. But it's just a picture of a log floating weirdly, yeah. usually. Yeah. But if they're real, do you think they're all related? 
<laughs> they just live in different lakes. Yeah, like you move away from home. You don't live with your mom forever. Right. Oh, that's a possibility. I don't know. That's, that's, that's kind of cute. <laughs> Everyone's a family now to me. Yeah. Well, Elkhorn is actually Linda's hometown. And once she got wind of the story in 1991, she was working for a newspaper in Wisconsin. And people in town were reporting these sightings, what they called the werewolf of Bray Road. Fun fact about the town of Elkhorn. Mm -hmm. The reason it got its name is because someone threw an elk (laughs) antler up in a tree and then they said, oh, we should call it that Elkhorn. And then they did. Yeah, but there aren't any elks like native to Wisconsin. So it was some random person who just had one. It's the funniest thing. I feel like it wasn't even an elk horn. No. Also, they're not called horns. They're called antlers. What a ridiculous name for a town. Well, regardless, it's where Linda grew up. And once all of these sightings were pouring in, she gets in touch with animal control in the area. Got to. And she realized that there were all of these stories, all of these sightings of this beast-like creature that resembled a werewolf. And they said that it had a wolf or German shepherd head standing on two legs. So she goes out. And she starts interviewing these people. And she said that she didn't think the people were lying. She thinks that the sightings that they saw, they think they're real. She doesn't say that they're crazy. She said that everything that she, every person that she had interviewed seemed truthful to her. So people reporting these sightings, they were old, young, males, females, every different demographic. It's a very diverse group of people. So she says that the people she interviewed showed her true fear. And she absolutely believes them. That's very cool to tell this ridiculous story to a person and just have them full on believe you. So Linda interviewed Doris, which if you remember, she's the first person who had the report in the 90s. Yeah. And she said she saw with her own eyes and she even saw the claw marks on the trunk of Doris's car. Mm -hmm. She saw Toby. She saw Toby Wire scamper off into the (laughs) forest with his roadkill. In his mouth, all fours. <laughs> With his black eyeliner from when he's emo Spider-Man. That's what he was doing. He looks so good. <laughs> Linda also used to be the illustrator and cartoonist for the newspaper. So she came up with the first drawings of the Beast based off of the descriptions given by the people she interviewed. So she kind of created this whole persona for this yeah. creature. And we will post it on our social media when this comes out because mm-hmm. the picture is very cool. Yeah. So when Linda broke the story, people started to come out of the woodwork, like we were saying, different stories. They were just all kind of going crazy for the Beast of Bray Road. So much so that the local police department went as far as considering making silver bullets just in case they came across the Beast. I wish, with everything in my being, I could have been a part of that meeting. I hope they just made one, just in case. Yeah, and like they gave it to like, definitely the sergeant not even the guy with the best aim no they have to give it to the guy with the best aim no 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 they always do wisconsin in the the movies you know what in elkhorn wisconsin 1991 over dunkin donuts in this meeting it's 9 30 in the morning they rolled in late on a monday they have one silver bullet they own they only ever make one they even in the movies it's only for one bullet they only have one shot i bet they rock paper scissored for it 
No, I There's think no they went. Way they no, no, no. Used any sort Hear of. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay, okay. They went out back. They uh-huh. lined up bottles, okay. and the person who shot the most bottles mm-hmm. got the silver bullet. And then they were like, "Shit, we accidentally used a silver bullet to shoot one of these bottles." No, it just so happened to be the rookie. Oh no! Who happened to be the best shot? Oh, underdog. <laughs> and then he's the one <laughs> who's gonna bring the town to justice. Let's make this movie. We've got so many movies. The underdog with the silver bullet. <laughs> What are we going to call it? Well, Silver Bullet's already taken as a movie, so. Yeah, it is. Can't you say that? The Rookie of Bray Road. I don't know. <laughs> For a while, Linda and Elkhorn were just bombarded with journalists from Milwaukee. Several TV, cryptid, paranormal shows came to do specials in the area. But after a while, things started to calm down until she released her book. And then sightings started to go through the roof. So she releases her book in 2003. Also along this time, Linda's kind of doing some research on the dog man. Oh. Which if you're listening to what we've been saying this entire episode, it's basically the beast of Bray Road described by every person who has seen it. Yes, but this one fetches. Oh yeah, right. This one fetches. That's how you tell the difference. That's how you know. Linda believes that Wisconsin is the perfect climate and habitat for a creature such as the dog man or... The Beast or Wolfman, whatever you want to call it. Grasslands are just the perfect home. You know, if you really think about it, which this is just coming to mind, all of the cryptids truly that we see in the northern region of our country, Uh they're covered in hair. Mm -hmm. They're pretty big. Mm -hmm. They're... They're like people. If you... I mean, like, humanoids, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you think of the people... In the northern part of this country. Everyone's really hairy? Is that what you're getting at? No, no. I'm saying, like, they're they're <laughs> more built for cold weather. Like, people in We're Florida... We're all fat and hairy. Yes, that's exactly what I'm that's saying. What you're I'm saying. extremely fat and extremely hairy, and so are you. I'm sorry to bring you down, but here we are. No. Um, had to break it to you this way, on air, in front of all of our listeners. It's the only way I could do it. But think about people from Florida. They can't handle, like, 50-degree weather. No. We go outside in shorts when it's 35 degrees out. That's very true. So this is making actually a lot of sense to me that they really are built for this climate. Yeah. So if it's real, it would make total fucking sense that it lives in the Midwest where it would be the most comfortable. Well, and especially in Wisconsin where there's a lot of open land. Uh Uh-huh. There's not a lot of cities, not a lot of people. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm team Linda all day. She's the best. Several people in Wisconsin have even reported seeing seeing giant wolf prints in the snow. And in the documentary, there was a picture of a, a bigger than a human's hand. This guy had his hand up against a wolf print. Mm-hmm. And there's even been claims of people reporting wolves the size of ponies running around. A man named Ricky Sanchez says that a pack of these dogman creature type things live nearby his land near Horicon Marsh, which is about 100 miles north of Bray Road. In 2017, remember, Linda's book was released in 2003, so a couple years after. But in 2017, he went outside with a headlamp, and around 11 o'clock at night, he saw a large black form on his property with glowing red eyes. He didn't think too much about it because, I mean, it's Wisconsin- There are plenty of wild animals running about. Mm -hmm. And if you live in Wisconsin, you know this. It's just like a thing that happens. Yeah. 
He says when he got to his truck, he saw the creature crouch down and that it started to slowly move towards him, almost like it was like slowly stalking him. Yeah, it was like slinging webs. <laughs> slowly under its breath, just going, Toby, Toby, Toby. Dancing Toby. on chairs. Remember that scene where he like goes down on the chair? He's honestly a very good dancer. So yes, I, I mean, remember. Ricky starts to get a little scared now because whatever this animal is, it's stalking him almost like he's prey. So he decides to investigate it. So he walks closer to this animal. And when he walks closer to the animal, the animal backs up. So he keeps on walking towards it. And he said the creature just kept on walking back. But once it reached the tree line on his property, it stood up. It's the same height as Ricky. As a Ricky. Perfect. As a Ricky. He said it just stood there, looked at him, and he had no idea what it was. So he kind of just walked back, went back to his house. But after this event, more and more sightings start to occur on his property. He would continuously see large creatures just moving about on his property at night. Sometimes he would see red glowing eyes just staring back at him. So he decided he was going to do some more research into what kind of animal this could be. That's very brave of him to walk towards this animal. Well, I think of it, it's like, think of somebody who lives in Wisconsin. Like, they're tough as nails, you know? That's true. They're wilderness. Yeah. Men or women. They they know the land. They're not afraid of shit like this. That's true. I guess in walking towards something approaching you, like, to maybe scare it off. Right. I don't know if I would force it back that far, though. It feels like he did that for a pretty long time. Yeah. I might just be like, (laughs) boo, and then run inside like a little bitch. But... I'm not Ricky. So. Yeah, but these are hard people, so they, they're they not going to let an animal intimidate them. That's right. They go hard. Ricky they goes go, hard. They go hard. So he knew it wasn't a wolf. He knew it wasn't a bear. He d- It didn't resemble anything like any other animal he had ever seen while he had been living in Wisconsin. So he starts to ask around, and he finds out that his neighbors are seeing these things as well. His one neighbor, who usually gets up for work around 2 a.m. Oh, boy. His usual routine is he puts his trash in his truck and then he drives it down to the street and drops it off. So one morning, he's doing his routine and as he turns around after dropping the trash down on the street to go back to his truck, he sees a giant wolf-like creature pacing back and forth near the front end of his truck and it's just staring at him. Oh, good. Right, super chill. Just, that's fine, at two in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. He said that the creature was sort of crouched, And it just really scared him. So he runs to the truck, hops in, and just leaves for work. (laughs) Just doesn't even look back. No. Doesn't investigate. No. Probably for the best. I would do that too. Just nope on out. A week later, Ricky, his dad, and his neighbor are all outside sitting around a bonfire. Ricky's dad goes inside. And then Ricky and his neighbor, they decide to just call it quits. So they dump water on the fire. And as they're dumping water on the fire, they see a creature looking at them from the other side of the field. Oh. Ricky said it was around his height and that it ran on two legs and that the two of them tried to chase after it to get what? a better look. They're, they're hard-ass Wisconsin yeah, men. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so they run after this thing to try to get a better look, but it just runs off and they can't catch it. In Linda's interviews, a common thing that she says from people who have seen the creature is that they felt like the creature was giving them some sort of message. Really? She says sort of like it was kind of conveying, I can hurt you if I want to. If you tell anyone about me, I'll kill you. Or more like, I'm more powerful than you are. 
So that's kind of the vibe that she says this creature gave off to everyone. You know what? That is the exact vibe I get from Tobey Maguire. And yeah. weirdly, Shia LaBeouf. Ooh. Who would win in a fight between Shia LaBeouf and dog <laughs> Tobey Maguire? Oh, um, Michael Keaton, because he's got nothing to lose. And he's always that's ready always, to fight. Always he's always showing up and he's always ready to fight. <laughs> Michael Keaton, because he has nothing to lose. <laughs> Michael Michael Keaton would win in a fight between Tobey Maguire and Shia LaBeouf. If you ever are asked a question <laughs> and you don't know how to answer it, just say that. <laughs> I feel like it would be a death match, Toby and Shia. Yeah, they'd both fight to the death. They would both fight until they both die. <laughs> Neither of them would give up. Well, anyways, in 2007... Linda was contacted by a man named Lee Hample, who had just bought a 40-acre hay field that was a part of an old farm that just so happened to be adjacent to Bray Road. This man was a retired math and physics teacher from Illinois. Oh, our home state. Shut up. I wonder if we, he taught at our high school. He definitely did. <laughs> On a Sunday in 2013, he had cut hay and he had it it was all ready to be bailed so he went down the road and he asked a couple of farmers nearby to help him and so they're helping him with the hay and they start to tell him like oh did you know about this beast that lives on your property casual and he's like i i don't know what you're talking about like i haven't seen anything you guys are just probably pulling my chain right talking about my wife (laughs) talking about my my wife You can't razz a new guy like that. You can't. Well, they weren't razzing him. Oh, they were just telling him, and he just happens to hate his wife. This is terribly sad. I'm making this too sad. A couple days later, Lee is driving down the road, and he sees a dead raccoon. So he picks it up, and he throws it out back in this ditch on his property. A few days later, he sees that the raccoon has been cut open, and all of its intestines are just scooped out and laid next to the carcass. This is giving me alien vibes. Animal mutilation vibes, for yeah, sure. for sure. A few days later, he finds a badger on the side of the road. And he does the same thing. He just has, like, a dead animal pit. He's got a roadkill ditch. It's, I mean, who doesn't in Wisconsin? Everyone does. Toby's favorite spot. <laughs> His favorite dinner spot. <laughs> so he finds this badger. He throws it in the roadkill ditch. Got to. Three days later, he comes back and the badger, who he said was about 25 pounds, is pulled out of the ditch, laying 10 feet away with its organs scooped out. So at this point, Lee thinks that there's somebody messing with him. Somebody's on his property. So he sets up cameras. Right. Over the next four years, he documents several animal mutilations that what he says defied the rules of nature. Okay. So he sets up his camera on trails, hoping to get a glimpse of the beast, but instead, he starts capturing strange lights and objects in the sky. No! Yes! Paranormal! (laughs) Lee then starts printing off these photos, and he starts putting them in photo albums to document the weirdness. And he's got a bunch of these, like, photo albums in the documentaries, like, going through them. I would die just to look at them. It's I'm just, just saying. it's just photo albums of animal guts. So, I guess the final last straw of Lee's documentation of this weirdness. So he finds a carcass of a deer because you know I don't know why he's. I mean, uh, it's Wisconsin, I guess. So animals die all the time. Oh, tons of roadkill. So he finds a carcass of a deer, and he has a plan. 
going to put in this dish? He decides that he's going to set this deer out on his property. Uh-huh. And he's going to set up a camera because he wants to try to catch this thing on camera. Okay. So he sets the dead deer down and he leaves it, comes back, and the deer is just completely gone. Completely gone. Deer so, are pretty big. Yes. I think they said it was like a 60-pound deer. So I think it, w- it wasn't a very, I think it was a babyish deer, young deer. Yeah, like a female or something. But still, 60 pounds of deer meat. That's a lot of I feel deer. like I can't drag a deer. No. I don't want to think about that. So Lee, thinking that he's definitely caught something, goes to his camera. And what he finds is very weird. So he looks frame by frame. So the first frame, you can see the deer. It's just laying there dead. Then a mist comes. And it just completely covers the spot where the deer would have been. And frame after frame, it's just this strange purpley mist. And then the mist disappears from the frame. And the deer is gone. (gasps) So he goes back out and he looks for any type of animal tracks that he can find. And he finds what looks like large canine tracks. But only the hind legs set, so only the back legs. Oh. As if something's walking right on two legs like when you're walking and there's two sets of footprints in the sand like when you're toby mcguire and you have dog feet <laughs> i think he does i've never seen his feet but i i would put money on it that toby mcguire has dog feet so he follows the tracks he follows it over barbed a barbed wire fence through another field and across a road and it finally it's he's just getting too far away he has to stop So he takes casts of these tracks, and he has multiple different casts from different, he's got the deer incident, and just from what he's found on his property, because this thing is just all over his property. Right. So he takes these casts to the Chicago Field Museum. Oh, which, little known fact, that's my ultimate favorite museum ever. It is the best museum, and if you ever visit Chicago... Please go. Just go. And also, you know what? Invite me. I'll go with you. You know, one time I got to sleep over at the Field Museum. Did you? I didn't get to do that. I was in Girl Scouts and we got to. It was the, probably one of the funnest memories I have in Girl Scouts. I love the Field Museum more than I love anything. It's so awesome. Ever. So he takes these casts to the Field Museum and they send him to a track expert. And this track expert, this animal track expert, Tells him that those tracks aren't animal. Really? So he goes to the University of Wisconsin. And the only thing that anyone can tell him that these tracks even slightly resemble are an abnormal coyote. They say, they're saying it's an abnormal coyote's tracks. But they're really big. But they're huge. Yeah. yeah. Coyotes are small too. They're smaller than wolves. I so. wonder if coyote tracks and wolf tracks look different. Ah, yeah. That's a good... Because why wouldn't they say it was a wolf track? Exactly. They must then. They have to look different. I don't know. So Lee doesn't get any answers, and his camera's not giving him any answers. And he says in his research, he doesn't want to prove that it exists because he says he knows that it exists. He's seen it. He says that his research is more to figure out where it comes from and what it wants and why it's mutilating animals. But he doesn't have any answers, just like we don't have any answers for you either. So that's kind of it when it comes to Lee and his research and yeah, Oliver. There's a real cliffhanger at the end of this one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We have literally no answers or conclusion for any of this. Well, I can ask you what you think you would it, what you think it is. <laughs> well, first off, I just want to say that I think it's real. 
do you think it is a paranormal reel or an actual creature that has genetically mutified? I just tried to make up a word. This is good. I'm going to use that from now on. I don't... Genetically modified. I think that... That's a tough question. Because I really love this theory of this animal that's, like, mutified Mutified. into, (laughs) into something different. I do really love that. And I love little science in my life, you know? So that makes the most sense to me. Right. But also, obviously, I love all the paranormal stuff. Mm. So I don't think it's the devil. I'll just put that out there. I am not team devil. I do think there's a chance it could be Tobey Maguire. (laughs) I would say if I had to choose between if it were Satan or Tobey Maguire, I would probably go Tobey Maguire. I would put thousands of dollars on it being Tobey over (laughs) Satan, for sure. I'm going to go percentages, okay? Okay. I think that it is 40% a mutated animal. Okay. 20% paranormal. Mm Mm-hmm. 40% 40% Toby McGuire. <laughs> there it is. That's my final. That's it. That's how that's I feel. That's your final answer? Yeah, I think so. Well, do I. You, what do you think? I think that I don't know. Yeah. But I think that. Do you think it's real? Do you think it exists? In I think some it, capacity? I think it does, yes. And yeah. I think whatever is the same weirdness that surrounds Skinwalker Ranch. Uh huh. Mothman, oh, yeah. even some Bigfoot. I mean, I don't know what the correlation is between cryptids and aliens. Yeah. But there's something there. Oh, you know what? And I just don't know what it is. And I think that it's whatever that realm is, I think it's within that realm. Maybe. Oh, my God. How did we not even think about this? Hmm. I bet it's a barn owl. Oh, fuck. Or, or a weather balloon. Or a weather balloon. <laughs> All right. 50% barn barn owl. 50% Toby Maguire. Final answer. Yeah. Yeah. With a weather balloon. Toby <laughs> Maguire with holding a holding weather balloon, a weather balloon uh-huh. with a barn owl on his arm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Riding a barn owl. Right. Toby Maguire riding <laughs> crouching a barn... on a barn owl's back. <laughs> holding a weather balloon. Eating That's roadkill. The best explanation that anyone has come up with so so far. So. If we have any graphic designers listening right now, I will pay you money to make me a Tobey Maguire riding on a barn owl, eating roadkill. If you're really great with a weather balloon. Photoshop. Yeah. You know who you are. Hit us up. <laughs> We're specifically talking to one person. One person. <laughs> you know who you are. This is so stupid. <laughs> well, anyways, um, that's all we got for you. <laughs> For the Beast of Bray Road. Um, let's read a listener mail. You got one? I do. Now that we've officially decided that the Beast of Bray Road is Toby Maguire riding a barn owl while holding a weather balloon. While eating roadkill. While eating roadkill. <laughs> let's do a listener mail? <laughs> I think that that's the natural next that's step. That's the next step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before that we only, go further. That only makes sense to me. It's like you always have dessert after dinner. Yeah. You always I read listener mail after Toby eats his roadkill. After kill. your roadkill. Yeah, it's just how it goes. <laughs> Naturally. This week's listener mail comes from our listener, Jess. Hey, Jess. Hey, Jess. Um, if you remember from last week, we are just reading another one of the Jess mails. She gave us a tidbit about using old yeah. 
So cool. Gravestones in her garden at her farmhouse as stepping stones, Mm -hmm. which was amazing. And I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. And we still need to find some gravestones, I think. Yeah. Well, she promised that she would write us a very cool story about a very haunted farmhouse that she grew up in. Ooh, fitting for uh this story, too. It felt fitting. So I thought we should kind of bump it to the beginning of the line. Sorry to everyone else. (laughs) Um, But it just fit. So we're going to read that. So, Jess's letter reads, Hi, lovelies. I have many spooky stories. From growing up in a haunted farmhouse, having a shadow man follow me for most of my life, many examples of my lack of self-preservation, being one of many cousins to Lizzie Borden. What? I'm... What? A familial pen pal as a child... And my garden full of cast-off gravestones. Okay. I have a wild collection for the odd lovers. All right, Jess, let's be best friends. Can the three of us be best friends and do karate in the garage? Yeah. I'll bring the watermelon and the samurai sword. She sounds like the coolest person. (laughs) Okay, she continues. Let's start with with the one that scares me the most, the ghosts. Mm-hmm. which I feel you on that, girl. Super scared of ghosts. We have a lot of activity happening up here today. Yeah, We're we do. F- seeing things. I saw something out of the corner. That was the first time I've seen something up in the attic. That's not the first time I've seen things. And I'm super spooked. Anyway, so let's get to these spooky ghosts that Jess lives with. The farmhouse has been in my family since we homesteaded in a small part of Washington State way back in the way back. Think early to mid-1800s. And the home I live in was the general store. The town was not really a town, but it had a post office and a general store. So it counted. My entire family on my dad's side of the family had grown up here. And most have had really weird injuries here. From my dad being ran over by a tractor and setting his entire torso on fire. To me, electrocuting both myself and my grandfather at the same time on the cattle fence. Wow. That being said, I live in the basement. Okay, that's a bad choice. I'm just going to put that out there. It's already this scary. Is Noelle talking right now. <laughs> Don't live in a basement. That being said, I live in the basement and almost constantly hear footsteps. Not a huge deal because you can hear a mouse fart from the kitchen in my room. <laughs> The floors are so thin. What is a little concerning is that I will hear them when I am entirely alone. Mm. There are two specific days that really stick with me when it comes to my experiences here. The first night, I was home alone and I was in bed trying to sleep. I clearly heard a window upstairs shatter and someone stomp from one side of the house to the other. I did that thing that girls do in horror movies and I went upstairs with my airsoft gun that looks like a... Looks fairly real (laughs) if you don't look too hard. Hey, you know what? At least you had a fucking weapon because a lot of times they don't. So you (laughs) armed yourself. So good on you. My airsoft gun is like hot pink. So it wouldn't fool anyone. (laughs) She continues. I checked every room, every curtain and every dark corner. Nothing. No glass, no people, nothing. So I went back downstairs, cracking it up to the ghosts being rowdy. It happened again as soon as I was in bed. The shatter sound and the stomping. I don't think anyone broke in this time, but just in case the first time was a warning, I checked the house again. Nothing. 
This happened another two times till I called my mom at 2 a.m. screaming about how I was so tired of the freaking ghost not knowing how to be respectful. It was a rough night. I love how she's like, (laughs) these ghosts, first she's scared, and then she's just like, these fucking ghosts won't shut the fuck up when I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) Honestly, they're being very rude to her right now. The next time that hit me weird was much more recent, and I actually have a video of it. Send it. Send it to us. I was on my treadmill for one of the five times that I have used it in the eight (laughs) months that I have had it. Same. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I saw someone standing kind of behind me watching me. Thinking it was my dad or my brother, I turned my head and no one was there. I was a little creeped out, but whatever. They can be there. Just don't touch me. That's exactly how I feel about Mm -hmm. ghosts. It's cool. We'll live together. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Coexist. After my workout, I went into my room and I laid on my bed on my stomach, kicking my feet so my toes touched the floor. It felt like someone was pushing back on my legs, just below my knees, making it so that my feet didn't touch the floor anymore. I got irritated and started screaming that whatever it was had the entire house to do whatever it wanted, but my room was mine. They can keep the house, but leave me and my room alone. After that, the touches on me stopped. Yes. So I got up and I saw that the hanging amethyst that I have in my room was swinging. This isn't a small bit of amethyst. There are seven heavy stones hanging. They didn't move when I slammed my door or make my bed. I have to touch them to make them move. They moved for almost 35 minutes. I was creeped out about as much as I could be, and I just watched it. I'll attach the video to this email so you can see how they were moving. Anywho's a what's it? Sorry that this email (laughs) is so insanely long, but I thought you ladies would like it. And I adore you. Have a fantastic day. Love ya. Jess, the resonant failure of a green witch from (laughs) the haunted homestead. That was so fucking awesome. Jess is amazing. I want she, to be your best friend. You know what? She Okay, well, first off, rude. I'm your best friend. So <laughs> Jess can also be our best friend. Three best friends? Three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> yeah, Jess is amazing, and she's a little witchy woman. And mm, same. we love hey. Jess so, so much. She's just one of the coolest people ever. And if any of our other listeners have a super cool, spooky story, or if, even if it's not spooky. Even if you just want to say hi. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Also, if you have anything that you want to say and you do not think that it is email worthy, which it definitely is, so it is up there, <laughs> but you can always DM us on all of the social medias. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on MySpace, we're definitely on Instagram. That's probably our favorite. That's our fave, yeah. For sure. So slippery slide into those there, DMs. There it is. <laughs> I know you were waiting. I was making the like a an eel motion so you would she say was, it. It was super beautiful. She was pouring oil all over the table and it was getting slippery slidey. Slippery slide. Slippery slide into our DMs. Or I guess just I don't know, whatever, hit us up some way. Yeah, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, it helps us every time you do, and also it's just super fun to read. Yeah. And we like to see that you guys like us. So, because we like you. It's validation. Do you like us? <laughs> we like you. This is awkward. All of our source material will be provided in our description. Take a look at that if you want to do any of your own research. Yes, please do. Watch that documentary. It's super, super fun. Linda's in it. 
Linda's <laughs> Linda's very in it, and it's very fun. One more thing I would like to plug is our PO box. Yeah. We had a bit of an issue with it. Um, <laughs> we fixed it, though. We had to physically fight some postal workers. Mm. We bribed them, for sure. We did a dance-off. We did a dance-off. Nicole mm. won. And we won. I was hyperventilating <laughs> with my inhaler in the corner. But Nicole nailed it for us. So she's the squad leader. <laughs> um, but if you want to send us something, please send it to P.O. Box 1212 in Des Plaines, Illinois, 60017. And we will give you a shout out on the show. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I do. If you guys want to support the pod in any sort of type of way before we set up our Patreon, you can buy us a drink. Buy me a drink. We are now a singing podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm singing way too much. It's a Skinwalker seltzer. It's, it's got so me, good. Got me feeling. I mean, if you want to send us a drink too, like Sam, you can do that too. <laughs> but if you want to buy us a drink, pour liquid into a bag and send it to us. Yeah, just a bag of wine. Um, you can click on our link in uh, our link tree. It's on Instagram. I think it's on Facebook too. Mm-hmm. And just click the buy me a drink and. You can buy us a drink. Or what's the website? You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash quite unusual pod. And you can buy us a drink there. And we're starting this new super fun thing where I print out a weird picture of your face. <laughs> yes. And I put it in this little audience seating thing that we have on the ceiling so you can watch us record. We have a whole cork board dedicated to you. It's very very weird and i like it so much Mm. so i will find a picture of you through my instagram stalking and i will print it out or if you want you could send us one which people have done and then you get to choose that you look nice so cute that's all right well i guess i don't have anything else to say so celebrate the strange and keep it unusual Bye. bye